Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Lucy Podmore to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Lucy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background working with the libraries. Well, hello, Laura, and thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm very excited um, to speak with you. My education career actually began in 1995 when I was a second grade teacher and, um, and then moved into middle school. When my first daughter was born in June of 2000, we had already planned uh, for me to stay home with her. Uh, she was born in June and in August of that first year, um, I was missing the back to school frenzy of the shopping and the all of it. And I really missed being involved in that school process, even though this amazing new part of my life was just beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I During that time, I realized what I missed most. I knew I was going back into education once my daughters were in school. Yeah. Uh, but what I missed the most was talking to my students about books. Uh-huh. And I told my husband and I, we had a conversation. I said, I, I'm not sure that I want to go back into the classroom. I really think I want to go into the library. I think that's where my my um, expertise would be best utilized. And I just feel drawn to that um, that that field of it, that part of, of school working in a, on a campus. And so in, let's see, 2003 is when my second daughter was born. And that's when I decided it was a perfect time to start my master's degree. <laughs> and so, right, you know, why not? Um, and so in 2006, seven, 2007 is when I uh, started at a brand new school district, new to me school district, opening a brand new school as a first year librarian. Oh, I had wow. no idea what I was doing. And um, the good news is, is that a lot of the uh, staff members that I worked with at that new school, uh, they came from a, a very traditional librarian. So they were, you know, um, I, I kind of had free range to do whatever and, and wow them. And so it was, really nice to have that um, as an opening. And then I opened a second middle school two years after that. And then seven years after that in 2016 is when I moved to Clark High School, uh, where I have been since then. And Clark has been a wonderful, uh, it's just, Clark at that point, uh, the principal at that point had just received a large, 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 donation uh, from a foundation and their their parameters for that were to use this to improve your school in whichever way and this is going to shock every librarian I have ever known he decided to focus on the school library and the school was opened in 1978 the librarian that I was replacing was the original librarian. Um, So she had been here for 38 years and uh, the, you know, he just, he saw the need to move the library in a different direction. And when he and I had a conversation, it it was, um, you know, I feel like those are kind of rare once in a lifetime things where your goals, your librarian and principal goals are 
aligned completely. It was such a wonderful experience. And so I felt like I opened a third high school yeah. or a third school um, at that point because it was completely different from, you know, the, the, the community here, the teachers here had only ever known one librarian. And so it was nice to, to showcase a different style. Yeah, uh, librarian um, and librarianship in the library program. So that was a really wonderful um, experience and it's been amazing since then. So yeah. I feel like I've, I found my my second home. I used to think middle school is my home, like the range of the strange, right? That's what our superintendent used to call it, the range of the strange. <laughs> um, and I loved, loved, loved middle school. And when we heard that this position was coming open, I was encouraged by my colleagues, you know, Lucy, you better go check that out and see what's going on. You know, there were rumors everywhere. He was eliminating a lot of books. He, you know, they, they weeded about half of the collection. Um, it went from like 48,000 to about 20-ish thousand. And, uh, you know, they were like, we're not sure what he's doing, what he's playing. Like, well, why don't y'all go and do that? Like, I'm happy in my middle school. I'm very content here. But um, when he and I had that conversation, I knew it was a really wonderful opportunity to that I, that I really couldn't pass up. And my daughters were now in high school at that point. So it was nice to be able to. Was yeah. that the school where they attended? Yes. My oldest daughter, um, she was a junior when I started here. And then my youngest daughter is currently a junior. So it's been nice to... I, I've been lucky enough to work with them in middle school, some of their middle school years and then in their high school years. And it's just so nice to be able to um, to be involved in the community where your children are um, attending school. It's a really great experience. So with my with my own sons, um, I was in elementary with them. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's very nice. You're also. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, my first year uh, teaching was second grade in elementary school, and I told I told my mom um, December of that year. I said, just FYI, you will not have grandchildren if I stay in elementary school. <laughs> like I am a 23 year old going home and taking a three three-hour naps because I am completely worn out by these seven and eight-year-olds. So I'm not sure how I'm supposed to handle my own family and children um, after a full day. So um, the elementary teachers have every ounce of my respect because it's a lot. Um, I feel like each level is just a different a different need and a different want. Um, and But man, the elementary, they that one kicked my butt for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, with the audience that's listening today, a lot of them are going to be the early career librarians. And you mentioned, you know, that you opened all of these schools. What else do you remember? What are your stories from those earliest years in the library? So my very first year, um, I again, I was I had never seen an empty library. So it was really fascinating to um, to figure out like the details of it, like how many books should be on a shelf and how many shelves should I have around here? And um, it was a really, it was a really interesting thing. And I, I was emailing the, the company that got the bid to open the school library was Follette. And so I was emailing our rep from um, Follette asking the, uh, 101 questions and I felt so bad. And he and I developed an, a nice, you know, good professional working relationship. And I remember telling him, I'm so sorry that I um, had so many questions for you. And he says, you know what, Lucy, he said, I don't think I ever told you, but your library was the first library that I opened. So I didn't even have answers to these questions. I was like, well, you passed that off really well because I thought you knew everything and had everything going together. Um, but he, uh, 
what was really interesting is, uh, you know, when the books were being delivered and we were shelving and unpacking, uh, there, you know, there was an atlas that was massive size, oversized book. I'm like, what is this? No, like this doesn't go, you know, it doesn't fit on the shelves where the other kind of reference books are, are, are displayed. And um, I remember this was such a weird, tiny little thing, but I was like, you know what, this is, this is my space. Like I can put it wherever I want to. Like, I don't have to ask anybody like that can be my thing. And so as tiny as that was, that was a really interesting thing. Like that just gave me permission to, to, to try different things in that library. And I feel like, um, you know, that I, I guess I had the benefit of um, going into a new school and uh, being brand new into the district, like, you know, I, I didn't know what their expectations were. And so we just kind of built this whole library program from the ground up and it was, it was really nice. So I guess my, my advice for first years is just to try it. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, you shift and, and you pivot and you, which I swore I would never use that word again, pivot after this year, but <laughs> um, yeah, you change and adapt to, uh, you know, what's working for your community and what worked at that first middle school really didn't work, um, you know, at the second one and or things that I had tried at the second one, I knew definitely I would never have tried at the first one. And so, um, you know, really your, your library program takes the, um, takes the shape of your community, but I think you have a really great opportunity to shape that reading community right. so that if you're, um, you know, if, if you haven't had a strong reading culture um, before, I think that's a really fantastic opportunity to, to build that, that culture and just try things. Um, and I guess the other piece that I would say is that um, you just need to find that one, <laughs> that one teacher who is willing to work with you. I was really surprised, honestly, that first year, or uh, my first year, how many teachers came up to me and opened up to me about their really horrible experience with librarians. And I did, it, it kind of floored me. And this was not, this was both as a student and as a professional. Mm -hmm. um, okay. and, and so that really, at that point, it was like, well, these people have a really different idea of what a librarian or a library um, should be very different than mine. And so I felt from that first year, like my my big goal was relationships and 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 trying to change minds of uh, you know a lot of people were very timid of the library and you know timid to to it's funny they would come in um, they would come in to like oh I hate to bother you I'm like you're you're not bothering you're not bothering me like my job is here to help you. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so um, it was, it, it, it was really interesting. So I, that, that kind of shaped me to, to know that I needed to make sure that um, it was a very welcoming place because a lot of, we had to break down a lot of um, uh, bad, I guess, experiences or rough experiences with the space and with the, the librarian as a person. Um, we had to kind of rechange, re revamp those yeah. ideas. And that takes time. Well, I guess that's probably my other, I used to think I was a super patient person <laughs> and the principal at my second, at my second school, when I told him that he laughed, he says, you're the least patient person I know. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, but maybe it is. And I think it's because I wanted to see change so quickly. Like I wanted so badly to see this, but relationship building takes time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's just like any other relationship. You know, if you build a friendship, it's it's lots of things. It's not one big thing, right? It's lots of opportunities to build trust and to build um, confidence in people. And, you know, that does take a little bit of time um, to do. So I, I, I wish there was some clever phrase that I had um, to say this, but I feel like it's work with a sense of urgency, but be patient with yourself, right? Like not, don't, don't beat yourself up over, you know, something that hasn't changed in, you know, I gave it six weeks. Well, okay, maybe, you know, let's kind of revamp, don't give up on it, but let's take a look at it. So I, you know, I feel like working with a sense of urgency, but being patient and being, I guess, graceful with yourself. I feel like librarians are, are, are graceful, the librarians that I know are very graceful to other people, but really hard on themselves. And that's probably true with educators. I feel like that's, you know, we feel we want to do so much more, um, but you know, that sometimes you have to just put a boundary for yourself to, to make sure you're not hurting yourself um, that way. Good point. I can remember hearing Jennifer Lagarde um, talk before about, you know, like our goals, we, we have these great goals, but then we have, you know, all these steps that we're trying to, when those steps don't fall into place, we don't have to change the goal, you right. know, we need to change how we're thinking about getting there. And I think that's really where our community of, of other professional librarians, you know, can come in and, and help us with that. But yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I feel like there, sometimes we, we think, you know, a roadmap is taking this, this direct path and, you know, then you realize it's detours and around mountains and <laughs> through, you know, through mountains and things like that. But, um, you know, you'll eventually get there and, and it will, I, I feel like as long as you're working towards that goal, yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. And I don't know if people can have the opportunity once we move really, really past this pandemic. But yeah. I can remember, you know, when I was at first I, in my own district, it was Harlingen. Mm-hmm. Um, I only knew the Harlingen way of doing things. Yeah. You know, and then I, it never even crossed my mind, you know, that there could be other ways of doing things. And, and then when I would run into people at a conference, you know, or somewhere else, and then eventually at another point in my career, when I got to visit these other districts, it was like, oh my gosh, why did I never think of this before? What, you know, it's just amazing. So if you can get out, you know, and, and either visit in person or really talk to just to be able to see things, it can really make a difference in your practice. Uh, you know, our district, so I work with Northside um, School District in San Antonio, and um, I feel like we have just a really good, strong library mm-hmm. program here. And my first year, um, they took us on a, um, they took us on field trip. That's what they okay. said. We we're going to take yeah. you on a field trip. And so we got to visit other campuses and this was probably, I want to say like eight weeks into the, into my position. So eight weeks as being a librarian, then, you know, I got to see other spaces, what they look like, how they were utilized and, you know, just to kind of ask other librarians questions. And that was, that's a really great opportunity. Um, and I feel like now, this is something that I would really love to do. So I was just elected as TASSEL chair elect um, for this year and then for next year, TASSEL chair, but I would really love to be able to do 
that same kind of thing, like almost virtual field trips for people just to see outside, like you said, outside their district, right? Like I only know the north side way of doing things, but I would love to see what they're doing down in the valley or, you know, love to see what's going on in El Paso or, you know, I know there's a lot of strong librarians and Texas is so huge that it's hard for us to get out of our little space. And so, um, you know, there was a really great committee that I was on for TLA, uh, the Public Relations Committee, and one of the charges of that committee was to um, present the Branding Iron Awards. And so I had an opportunity to look at all of these great programs that were happening in school libraries and public libraries. And I just, I was so impressed, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many great ideas that are out there. And that was that was one of my highlights of working on that committee is just hearing and seeing um, things that were that were going on. So maybe that's advice number two is to, yeah. to get involved. <laughs> and so for people who are listening that aren't from Texas, the, the TASL would be the Texas Association of School Librarians. So she's gonna be the chair of that for the coming year? Yes, so this year, so for 21-22, I'm chair-elect, and again, uh, TLA, the Texas Library Association, has a wonderful way of um, kind of prepping their leaders, where you have one year where you get to kind of see what, what the chair does, and then it's your turn to be chair. So I feel like it's a, and then the third year that you serve, you serve as a past, past chair, um, and, you know, you kind of serve as an advisor for that, that year's chair, and it's a really great way to um, grow your leaders and to, to give them an opportunity to, to learn their job instead of learning while you're doing it. So and while you were just talking about um, virtual field trips, it made me storyboards were coming to mind. So I wonder if yes. you could set it up like a storyboard. Oh, yeah, that's true. Virtual. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good idea. So um, cover, you know, you can give us a image to click on. But anyway, that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 I think so. So I think it would be a great um, opportunity to, to sh I mean, there's so many opportunities to, to, to help us as librarians, but also it's a great advocacy tool for people who don't know what's going on in libraries. And I feel video is a great way to showcase that, um, you know, people, people will read articles, but I feel like those are people in the librarian field, like I'm not sure. Uh, Again, when I came to Clark, I was kind of blown away by um, the principal who hired me, Dr. Woods, um, because he was mentioning library names, like, how, where are you getting this from? Like, nobody outside of library land knows these other librarians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was, um, it's nice to be able to have that, but, um, you know, to, to have these little two minute little clips that maybe a librarian could show to their administrator and say, you know, like, I'd love to do something like this. And, you know, could this work in our community or I'd like to try and make it work in our community. So anyway, that's a, a future, a future goal. That's awesome. Great idea. <laughs> Very good idea. All right. So Lucy, this summer is, is going to be different than, than before. Um, so what kind of things do you, what do you do in the summer to, that help you get ready for next year? And possibly it's gonna just be that you're taking care of yourself because you know, we're all tired after yeah, <laughs> a full yeah. year of this. But. <laughs> I know, I really, um, I feel like that is a necessity this year. I feel like we've given so much um, to our profession, to our students, to our colleagues um, that it, 
I always hear this, you can't pour from an empty well, right? Like you can't, you've got to give yourself some time. And I feel like, um, you know, if I just keep going at my normal pace, you know, when the school year, and I feel like next year, like I'm talking about these things that I've been talking with colleagues and with students about things that I want to start for next year. Um, and I'm very excited about it. But at the same time, like I need to pace myself so that I don't get burned out like by September, <laughs> which would be really bad. <laughs> like wait, we have the whole nine months to go. So I really feel, um, you know, that I just need to take, take a little step back and just not I love summers so much because I'm just not on a schedule. I don't have to, you know, be at a certain place at a certain time. And um, I'm really looking forward to not spending any kind of time on a computer um, just to rest my eyes. My eyes I feel have gone way wacky um, this year. I've, my, I've gone on to bifocals. I'm blaming that strictly for COVID, not on, the, not on the fact that I'm getting old. It's all COVID's fault. Um, so, uh, you know, just giving my eyes a rest from screen time and just enjoying being outside and doing so many of the things that I didn't realize that I missed, like just walking around in my city and enjoying my city with my family and, um, you know, do, doing that kind of stuff. So, Having said that, this is the year where I'm chair elect for Tassel, so I feel like there's things that are that are popping up and planning things that. Um, but I feel like that's okay because it's 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 a new and exciting piece. I'm excited about that. Um, so, my goal is to try and set good boundaries for myself so that I don't overdo it. Um, but I know myself and I know I'm getting, like, I'm already starting to make plans. Like my August calendar has already gotten very full because I'm planning Instagram lives and different things, um, for, for my community. But, um, my goal is really just to, to step away a little bit. Um, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just looking, um, AASL has an article that just came out, um, about self-care, you know, and it's in the, the, the authors just just giving different ideas, you know, of, of what you can do. And there's all different. I mean, your self care might be a professional development, but it also right. might be a walk in the park. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. all kinds of different things. So that's good. So take Definitely. care of yourself for us because we're going to need you. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's that's on my top of my list for sure. Yeah. So you know, with this pandemic, um, let's talk just a little bit about um, just you professionally. What, what has been some of your biggest takeaways during this time? So I feel like um, last year in March, when we walked out of here spring break, and then we didn't walk back in for however many months later, um, it felt, you know, I felt like I was learning to swim again. It was those panicky kind of stages, and I was reaching for floaties and anything that could help me stay afloat, but also not me, but really helping my teachers like I and and I, this might be a, a very different take from from some librarians but I really felt that my library program of course was was a, a big priority but I felt at that immediate time my teachers were my strongest need at that point like they were just desperately trying to figure out how to get information to students and how to get resources to students and so um that that was a huge piece also trying to 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 I felt like so many times I was um, that old cartoon character elastic man or plastic man or whatever you know like arms stretched in every single direction trying to keep everything together um trying to you know keep the spirits up of my 
teachers who were just, you know, in tears because there were there, there was no work life home life boundary at all. It had all gotten blurred. And, um, you know, I just felt like there was a huge need for for me to try and just keep my community together. And however I could do that, then that's um, what I needed to do. And so I feel like my biggest takeaway was that the um, the, the reach of the library program and the librarian is so much bigger than the four walls of our library. Um, and I feel like that, um, I feel like I earned a marketing degree <laughs> during this time, right? Of figuring out how to, how to make sure that people knew about our resources, how to get to our resources. Um, I felt like that was, I was trying to balance that without overwhelming people, right? Without overwhelming with email notifications or text notifications, like, hey, we have this and hey, we have that. Because at some point, even me, I was like, it's, I can't open another email. I can't do anything else like that. But I know at the same time, this is helpful. So it was really kind of uh, walking a weird sort of tightrope of, of not overwhelming them with information, but also saying, I am like, I'm here when you need me, like reach out to me. You are not disturbing me. You're not bothering me. Don't feel bad about asking me like my job is to help you. And I've got a million ways to help you, but you tell me when you're ready to help. But um, I feel like just our reach specifically for me and for our community, I felt like my big deal was trying to, to you know, you hear that phrase all the time that the library is the heart of the school, right? The heart of the school building. And I feel um, like our students, th their social media activity is very, um, is very high on Instagram and not so much on Twitter, um, which is different from what it was in middle school. Like middle school, my kids were all over Instagram um, and the older the kids got, the more they started switching over to Twitter. So when I came into high school, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a Twitter account, um, you know, because that's where my kids were moving. But then when I got there, it was like, there, you know what, there, I feel like it's a one year thing. Like they get, it's almost like, oh, I wanna try this adult thing, you know, Twitter, but then let me move back to Instagram where it's, you know, pictures of my friends and that kind of stuff. And so I feel like I've moved back to Instagram, but my campus, um, doesn't have an Instagram account. And I, I again, and th this is just me, this is not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this, honestly, because I, I feel like it's one more thing that librarians think they have to do. But I um, asked the principal who hired me, um, I said, like, I don't want to, I, I don't really want to start um, a library Twitter account right now, but I'd like to jump onto the Clark Twitter to the campus Twitter. And can I just like post stuff about the library on the campus Twitter? Hmm. And he was like, no, he said, you know what, here, take take the password. And it was so I kind of became the social media of the campus, which was perfect for me, because then I was like, hey, well, I've got everybody's attention. So yeah, I'm going to start posting library things and all that kind of stuff. So at some point I shifted, I'm like, okay, I need a, a separate library account because like, I feel like I'm overloading um, the, the campus one with too much library stuff. But what what happened is that then I found out that the kids were really hanging out on Instagram and I and I told them I said I am not doing a, a campus Instagram account, but I'll do campus stuff on my library account. So it was almost the reverse of what we did on Twitter. And um, I felt 
this specifically this year, um, at the beginning of this year, I would do Instagram lives with um, our academic dean and, you know, tell us what school is going to look like. What is, this, what is this online hybrid thing? What does that look like? And I did um, Instagram live with our principal. What, what is it? What will it feel like when we're back on campus? What does that look like? And I did um, lives with the students and with some of the teachers. And that was all before school officially started. And so I felt like it was, um, again, like we say the library is the heart of the school. I definitely felt that Instagram space mm -hmm. as the heart of our student community. Okay. Um, they were getting a lot of their information from the library. And to me, I feel like the library has always, the library is a place of information, right? And so I've always felt um, like if they can get their information from from us, from the library, then that's a, that's a good thing. And so, you know, I hope to just continue to grow um, that um, for next for next year. I already, again, my, like I said, my August calendar is already full. I, I think for next year, it basically we'll have two freshman classes. I mean, we have our freshman class this year that really didn't come back to campus. They were mostly um, virtual learners. And so we've got, you know, half of our student population that might not have been on campus <laughs> at all. And so I feel like there's a, this is a time for like a rebranding of the school or just a, 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 a time for a lot of community building um, that, that needs to be taking that needs to take place. And, and again, I, I want to stress that this is probably not a job that every librarian should be doing, but this is kind of how I worked it in, and it's worked out well. And I can tell you that it absolutely has um, been super beneficial to my library program um, because I feel like it's like the students know to go to my account if they need information about school stuff. And so it's nice to also, by the way, we've got these new books here. <laughs> um, you know, it's sort of like meet them where they are. And um, so I, it's worked out really well for myself um, and for our community, but I totally get and understand that it's not for everybody to do. Right. But Right. worked out well for us yeah and that's part of it part of it you know we real we realize as librarians we have an influence on campus um we have an influence on different populations different ways ways and you have found how to grow your influence in a sense you know with with the students you know through this so that that's a very strong tool for you and it's because it works for you so yeah definitely there was um at tla conference and i i I'm drawing a blank right now on who presented it, but it was a social media um, session and knowing kind of your audience for your different platforms, right? And so definitely the Twitter platform is more like parent facing and professional facing um, where my I feel just a lot more comfortable. And this is, again, me, it's probably like I'm, you know, 50 year old and a 14 year old's body. Like I always just feel more comfortable around teenagers than I do with adults. And, um, you know, Instagram to me feels very comfortable and it's, you know, like, hey, this is, we've got this going on. It's very kind of spur of the moment stuff for me. Um, and that's worked out well. And so I, that, when I heard them talk about knowing your audience for the different platforms, I was like, oh, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like I should really be targeting, you know, the, my, my central office people for my Twitter posts and um, figuring that out. So that was a, that was a good tip that I'll continue and carry forward. Yeah. And all of that is helping you build your relationship with those people. Yeah. And you've talked a lot about relationships just in general. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
think about like the newer librarians who are just starting out, like what kind of things would you, how would you guide them? Like if you were mentoring them? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, librarians are in a really unique position. Like we're one of two or three, depending on you know what level you're in, um, of educators that really have um, contact or reach with every single student on that campus. Um, you know, your history teachers are only teaching your history students, right? And so they might not see everybody, but we are definitely seeing every single student on this campus. And so um, my, my advice was how do you utilize that access to make sure your program is at the front of everybody's mind? One of my um, one of my great mentors, she was our special ed coordinator at the second school um, that I, second middle school that I worked at. Um, her name is Tracy Warnley, and then she became principal. And she and I spoke, um, she and I were very close and we worked really, really well together. And she said, you know, Lucy, someone told me this about the special ed program, but you have to make sure it is always on their mind in the best way you can. Like not always, I'm like, what a headache this is, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like how amazing is this library program? Mm -hmm. So she says, I'm in, you know, our principal at that time, his name was Eric Tobias. She said, I'm in Eric's office all the time talking about, you know, special ed programming. And uh, she said, I feel like that's what, um, you know, you need to make sure that you're always in there with him too, talking about whatever it is that you're doing in the library, even if it doesn't seem super important to you, like he's heard the word library <laughs> at least once that day in a positive, good way. Um, and then I had another um, principal, you know, tell me the same kind of thing. And he said, you know, a lot of principals have so much happening on, on in their brains and on their campus. And they're, you know, they're constantly worried. And he said, you know, sometimes, unless the library is burning down, they're not really, it's not in the forefront of their mind. And I said, all right. And, and, and it was because I was trying to, to get something out to, to other administrators. And I, to me that I've always taken those two pieces of advice really to heart because people have, people only know the librarian from their own experience, right? And so you have to reshape that experience for them. If that was a bad experience, then what are you going to do to make sure that you've been able to change their mind about, you know, the positive things of a library um, or a library program or a strong librarian can can have. Um, I'll tell you one quick story here. When I first, my first year here, um, my principal at that time, Jerry Woods, Dr. Woods, he, you know, was like, thank you for, you know, what you've been doing. And um, he said, I've had some coordinators that rarely talk to me about, he said, frankly, they've never spoken to me about the library. <laughs> he oh. said, and I've had one that is very opinionated about everything, uh, just came into my office the other day and he said, Lucy, I had no idea. I had no idea what we were missing. And I think that that kind of goes along with you have to reframe their experience with the library and what what they can bring to you. So I feel like, again, it's relationship building. It's being patient. When I left middle school and moved to high school, um, I had a lot of teachers tell me, 
well, you know how those high school teachers are like, they're the experts in their, in, in their little kingdom, in their rooms, and they shut their doors and, you know, nobody can tell them what to do or what to teach or, you know, what to say. And I was like, all right, okay. And so I, you know, I was kind of coming in there sort of with that mind, but also with like, okay, but I can also help them. Like, let me figure out. So that was, maybe it's because I was just older at this time, but not so impatient (laughs) when I, when I came over to Clark, knowing that, you know, they had been with a a librarian for their entire career, one librarian, their entire career at this school. Um, And so trying to figure out how to just change their mind about, about how things could, uh, how we could work together, the partnerships that we could work together. And uh, I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you this because I love her dearly now, um, our English coordinator, uh, you know, she was a tough nut to crack, I will say that. And she, um, you know, I just always got the, the feeling that, I don't know, I'm just not doing anything right with her. I'm, I'm not, you know, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going real well. And, um, but, you know, I get it. Like she's under stress with AP testing and, you know, this kind of stuff, like I'll, I'll it'll, it'll happen. And now I, she's one of the first people that I call like, Hey, what, you know, what can we do about this? And that relationship has really switched over. And I feel like that relationship, like I got one, one sophomore, English teacher uh, to come in and uh, listen to book talks uh, with me and uh, with her students. And when she left, she said, can, can I tell the rest of my team to come in here? I'm like, yes, please do. <laughs> please tell your entire department to come and see me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that second year, it just grew. And the third year, it grew even bigger. And um, that last year was supposed to be our new year with curriculum for English. And we were going to reader choice and, um, you know, student choice with lit circles. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm here with you. Like I will help you, you know, with, with book choices and things like that. And so we were so prepped and ready to go. And then, you know, this disaster happened. And so, um, but I feel like I was utilized even more than I think I would have been, you know, they're like, Lucy, please help us. Like, what can we do? And, um, you know, when the kids didn't have, when they didn't have access to their physical books, like what, what are we supposed to do? And Mm -hmm. so, um, it, again, it's, it's relationship building. It's, it's being patient with it and knowing it's not going to be a straight, straight drive from point A to your pinnacle. Definitely. Lots of details in there because it's worth it, you know. Yeah, it, absolutely, it is, it's worth it. So, absolutely, but as you just said, student choice. It, it made me realize I had a blooper earlier when I was talking about storyboards. It's 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 choice boards, you know. We yeah, choice videos, choice boards. So yeah, yeah, same kind of same same thing though. But you could do your little storyboard with the choice yeah. boards. But yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. All right, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So Lucy, thanks so much for sharing with us today and just letting us um, hear what you're passionate about with relationships. And um, you've mentioned a state conference. Um, What other kind of things do you do to keep learning and growing? Um, Well, I um, am pretty big on Twitter. Like, I feel like I get a lot of really great ideas on Twitter. So um, that's a great place to to build your PLC. I will caution you that um, I would recommend that you focus your your Twitter on professional um, things uh, mm-hmm. because I sometimes it gets cluttered with a lot of extra stuff and yeah. and mine isn't pure with you know professional like I'm a big San Antonio Spurs basketball fan so I'll retweet <laughs> you know stuff from there and uh, you know I get pretty passionate about what's going on with our state legislature specifically when it comes to um, 
their bills on, you know, education related. Um, and so, you know, I, I, mine isn't as 100% pure as I probably it should be, but I feel like what I'm seeing on there, the things that I'm seeing, the people that I'm following, mm -hmm. they are strong in their fields. And so I think that's a really good thing. But also, um, I will tell you my second year, my second year as a librarian, um, there are so many kind of this is maybe me being completely and totally naive, but um, my Jana Knezik was our director my second year and she was um, TLA uh, president, I think like right around that time. Mm -hmm. And I remember she reached out to me. And again, this is, she probably, I know she knew exactly what she was doing. She's like, Lucy, and she has this great Southern accent. She says, um, we need some help doing this, uh, this, uh, children's uh, breakfast at TLA. Um, she goes, you think you'd be interested in that? And I'm like, oh yeah, breakfast, sure, that's fine. No, you know, I've never been to TLA. Like I had no idea of what I was getting myself into. And so um, I, they were like, well, we've got a ticket for you for this year's breakfast. So you can see what's going on. She goes, but then you'll be in charge of next year's breakfast. I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, you know, how, how bad could this be? Well, the breakfast that I went to was Peter Cease. It was the children's round table breakfast. There's like 300 people in this ballroom. I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm sitting there like kind of trying to look at all the decorations and, and figuring out what was going on. And at that breakfast, um, uh, the 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 person uh, Cindy Buchanan from um, uh, Aldine is that where she is Aldine ISC she said oh well I'll, she goes I'm gonna let you in on the secret she said the person that we have for next year's breakfast is Gary Paulson and I almost fell out of my chair I'm like oh my god I like how much bigger is this thing gonna be so that was my like year three as a librarian planning the CRT breakfast for Gary Paulson. Yeah. And they ended up like having to get a bigger size ballroom for his, they were like, five. they were like, we sold out of tickets the first day. So we're moving it to a ballroom. Like Jana, I'm like, I think you knew exactly who to pick on. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But that was also the year that I started with the Lone Star Committee. Mm -hmm. And I that forced me to be current with my reading and to always, um, I, you know, I couldn't afford to just not read for a month or two. You know, I was reading constantly. And so that was, it was so wonderful to be on that committee because it, it forced a habit of constantly reading, but it also introduced me to some outstanding library leaders who are now still leading. Jill Bellamy was on that first committee with me and she is now the tassel chair. Like, I don't know how this worked out, like, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Together again. But, um, you know, I, there's Sonia Schultz, who is, I believe, the YART chair right now, um, the Young Adult Roundtable uh, chair. There were so Rose Brock. I met her there. I mean, there were just so many great, outstanding library leaders that I that I met there. In addition to the um, to the breakfast that I held. So getting involved in your in in the state organization, whatever state organization that you have, or even the national organization, I feel like it's a, that's an excellent way to to see outside your district. Like we talked about at the very beginning. Um, you know, if you broaden your scope it's, it's so much better for your, I think, profession. You have, you know, so many other people that you can tap into for help. And I feel like librarians are super helpful people, people. And, you know, it's, I, I've never met somebody who's like, no, I don't want to help you. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard that. I've never, you know, I've just never experienced that at all. And so it's, it's good to just get out and meet those um, 
people who are doing great things in their library and that you want to you want to emulate so yeah. make it into your own definitely all right well Lucy for the people that want to follow you and keep learning from you where can they find you online what yeah in Twitter definitely so my um professional Twitter is Lou L-U Podmore P-O-D-M-O-R-E and um I I'm not on Facebook, <laughs> not on Facebook. I felt that was toxic like eight years ago and I haven't looked back. I should probably get back on there um, in a more professional capacity, but um, I've, I've been hurt on Facebook. <laughs> so I don't want to go back. Yeah. Instagram, um, my, I'll give you my Clark. Um, it's Clark TX Lib. Okay. And that's the, the school um, Instagram. And so that's also the same one for Twitter as well. So if you want to see what we're doing on um, in the library, so what I'm posting professionally for our library Twitter, and then um, I, I don't want to say not professionally, but student focused for Instagram, um, that's where you can find us. And then, um, you know, we, we, like I said, I've been a just like social media person. I feel like I've earned a marketing degree. I started a podcast um, this year, but it was really just for um, book reviews. And I, I, I feel like I'm kind of veering away from that um, a little bit, but that was also Clark TX Lib on SoundCloud. And that was just us doing um, just book reviews. But I also was able to pull in some of my other uh, librarian colleagues who helped me, you know, just talk about the great books that they were reading. Okay. Um, so that was nice. That's awesome. Very good. Okay. Um, so you've given us a lot to think about today. Thanks so much for sharing. And I look forward to just following you and learning more. And just, I really appreciate all that you had to say today. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. And um, I'm anxious to see all of the new people um, that we have out there and eager to learn from every one of y'all. Yeah. And rest up this summer because you've earned it. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.